Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. We're back! This is episode 134 with MJ Rawls. I had the pleasure of meeting MJ at Creed Repertory Theater. I got to see her perform in Little Shop of Horrors over the summer. And she is just an amazing human and a fantastic performer. And I was so grateful to be able to sit down and chat with her. And we're hoping to sort of launch a monthly series where she and I chat about all things trans and non-binary in theater. So stay tuned for that. And with that, friends, please enjoy episode 134 with MJ Rawls. Excited to welcome an incredible artist to the podcast. MJ Rawls is our guest today. MJ, hello. Hi. Thank you for being on the podcast. Of course, of course. I'm so excited to do this. I've been wanting to do something like this in, here in Chicago, like a podcast here in Chicago, to talk about non-binary and trans inclusive issues that we have going on in Chicago for theater or just in the performing arts world in general. So I am very excited to do this. Awesome. Do you want to start there? Just like what's top of mind for you in terms of us in the industry? And then we'll go into your uh, artist arc and your journey. But since you're excited about that, let's stop. Let's start there. So um, I did create a Facebook group that um, non-binary artists and trans artists can um, add themselves to it. it's just, it's mainly mainly here in, for Chicagoans, but anywhere else, if you have, like, advice or want to be a part of this group, you can. So it's called the Chicago Trans and Non-Binary, no, yes, Chicago Non-Binary and Trans Artists Inclusive Community. I would have to, like, look at the name again and, like, Chicago Trans and Non-Binary Artists Collective. There it is. Chicago Trans and Non-Binary Artists Collective. Love it. Got it. Um, Yeah, so, you know, I wanted to create that group because there have been some instances as where I was a non-binary artist and now that I'm trans, like, there are two different experiences that we go through. Right. And Yeah, and... um, I wanted to give advice for, um, especially for trans women in the community, in the theater community, because here in Chicago, there's only about like one, two, three of us. Sure. Three, three out trans women that I know, and uh, maybe like three or four other trans men, but um, there aren't a lot of resources for us. Right. And so us artists, you know, us millennials, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, we're, you know, realizing our identity and who we are, but we don't know how to go about doing things. Um, And I always tell people, okay, it's what you want to present. Do you want to present male presenting today? Uh, Because what you are presenting does not, you know, um, it does not say, oh, that's what I identify as. Um, you can, you are still trans, but you can still be male presenting. Um, you are still trans, but you can be female presenting, still trans, but can be androgynous presenting or somewhere like in between. Um, it's all about what you're comfortable doing and what you want to do. Um, and just what, yeah, really what you feel comfortable with. And so, um, 
I realized that in my audition. I had a had an audition for and a callback actually for Empire. Oh my gosh! Congratulations. Thanks. And um, I thought it went really well. Um, but one thing that I noticed is that there are three of us who got called back and two of us were very, I will say in the beginning stages of our transitioning journey, as opposed to one other artist who came in and she was far along in her journey. So she did very look like female. She was very female presenting. Now in my head, I said, okay, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to get this. Although they said that I was like, great or whatever not tooting my own horn but like they were like oh it's so genuine and so you know it's exactly what we needed but if I were a female presenting I probably would have a better shot of getting um this role on Empire because Empire likes this they like men are men and women are women and like there's a very urban like they live in this urban area so you know, you have to kind of like come prepared and come and, and, and look like that once you enter the room or they're not going to know what to cast you as. So uh, that was that what was going through my head. And I was like, oh, if someone would have told me this before I came to the callback, maybe I would have had a better shot. But now I know. Now, do you think that if you could do the callback again, knowing what you know now, um, what would you do differently? If you had a time machine, you could um, go back right now to that callback, what would you change? I definitely would have um, went in with full face. Um, yeah. I don't think... Um, I'm having this, this, this debate of whether, as a trans woman, should I wear a wig um, or should I keep my natural short hair? So I'm toggling back and forth, but I definitely would have um, came in full face. Yeah, Absolutely. It's that, I mean, it's so, I think one of the things that people don't realize that all, a lot of folks in the trans and non-binary community are having these conversations, but Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's just kind of like with ourselves, ourselves. right? And so I think it's so great that we're starting to have more and more resources out there so that, um, because it's really, it's really through connecting to other trans and non-binary artists that we are able to get this advice. It's a different kind of knowing and knowledge and support than we would get from our cisgender friends and folks who are in the industry. But that's one of my biggest, that's one of my biggest things, like, is is how to present coming into an audition. Like, that's one of my biggest challenges. I get in my head about that all the freaking time. And I'm like, do I, so I'm non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. I'm right now. It still says on my resume, it says on my resume that like my pronouns are on my resume. It says comfortable or interested in being considered for, uh, male non-binary and female roles. Uh, I don't know. I'm in this process right now where I'm like, I don't know if I want to have that female roles still on there. Um, and it's just a tricky thing, too, because I don't know about you, but more than half of my resume is female roles. I, my resume looks I am there with so you. much. Mm-hmm. It looks 
it's a completely different resume. And so it's, I mean, do you want to talk to that? I would love your take on that too. That idea of like, how do we go in and present, especially when it's like general auditions. I would love your Mm -hmm. two cents on that, where we as an actor have sort of been told to be like, be neutral, be everything to everyone. Um, And then, I mean, like, how do you feel about those credits that like don't feel as aligned with you and your gender anymore, but it sort of feels like you still have to have them on your resume. I, um, so I always say this, it is good to have those things on your resume because it shows your versatility and what you can do as an artist. Now, as you're progressing in your journey, as I'm progressing in my journey as a trans artist, I was using me, um, use me as an example. Um, and most of my, actually all of my auditions and callbacks that I have gone to uh, once I started transitioning, I have been more female presenting, um, more, um, so I'm not wearing male presenting clothes. Um, so the casting directors can look at you and say, okay, even though you really don't have a full face coming into, um, you know, the audition room, I can tell what you're going for. Um, Yeah, so it's, so you have to present, it's sad to say, but you have to present what you want to go for. If you want to be a male, you have to present yourself as male, because casting directors, I'm sorry, but they're so dumb. They're not, they're not the smartest. (laughs) (laughs) They're not because they are stuck in this, this box of this is what I'm looking for. And, you know, so you have to give them what they want. You or you can say, okay, I could do something like this in the style of, and maybe change the minds of casting directors. They'll like take a double take, like a look, and be like, hmm. Sorry, that was my phone. They'll be like, hmm. Maybe, maybe I can do something with this person. Maybe I can put them in this role. But yeah, definitely, when you step into that room, even if it's a general call, and I. You for general cause. I'm. I hate when people. As some a lot of theater companies are doing this, where they don't tell you what they're doing in their show, or in their season. And it's like, what do I do? Because I want to present myself like this. But if there isn't a place for me, at least the casting director knows you, and they're like, okay, you presented me. You presented this um, to me in the audition room, so I know what to do with you if later on in the future something comes about and you're you know you're right for or your type is what i'm looking for then i will call you up um i've had that happen to me as well like one example is with oak park festival here in chicago and i came in for a female presenting in the room um and then they gave me the role i can never say their name right Triculo in tempest oh Trinculo. Trinculo, yes, Trinculo in Tempest, and um, literally under the description they said, um, non-binary, androgynous character doesn't have to be male-identified or female-identified, so I was like, that is right up my alley. So, it, it, it all depends on what you want to present. You have to, if you're going for a certain look, then go for that, uh, that look and present that in the casting room. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think also acknowledging that, like, anything that we're offering here in this podcast is not the definitive guide to everything, Yes, because I think that's what, 
that's one of the things I'm, like, running into now, too, is, like, people, like, if I offer a piece of advice or something, uh, and they're like, well, I talked to this other trans person, and they said the exact opposite. And it's like, yeah, yeah because we're all individual people who have our own different exactly. opinions, just like everyone else. Like, there is not a weekly meeting where we all, like, yeah. sign into Zoom <laughs> and decide what the opinions of the week will be. Yeah. Um, this is to- solely based on what I've experienced and what I see in my acting life. This is this is this is what I think would help. Um, um, this is what I do, and this is what I think others should consider doing. Especially here in Chicago, they have this thing of come as you are, but. Don't go way too far out of this 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 box or this line where you don't get booked. Like, you know, ultimately you have to eat, you have to survive. If you want to do this as a career, it's like you 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 have to basically say, okay, this is what they want, um, and this is who I am. Let's maybe I can meet them in the middle, or I can go do exactly what they want or what I want. It, it all depends on what you want. It's it's it's. It's up to you, I yeah. think. It's totally up to you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I'm seeing, I'm heartened because I feel like more and more casting folks are seeing more trans and non-binary talent. And yes. um, so like in this, in this day and age, in this industry, you probably, you probably won't be the first person they've seen. You might be the second or third, but, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm just grateful for folks who've come before me and like the folks who are in the industry who are really trying to do the work. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's an interesting and exciting time. Uh, I have, I have another, I have another case study for you. Um, (laughs) so have you heard of the play tiny, beautiful things? Yes. Cool. Cool. And so to the best of my knowledge, so for our listeners who might not be familiar, it's a play that Neo Vardalos wrote, which is an adaptation of Cheryl Strayed's um, Tiny Beautiful Things, which was a compilation of her Dear Sugar advice columns for The Rumpus. Um, And so it hit my radar because I was called in for a show of it. My friend's like, oh, I know why you're being called in. I'm like, because I'm amazing. And he's like, I mean, yeah, you're amazing. But uh, there's a trans there's a trans monologue in it. And so the structure of the play, there's one actress who plays Sugar. And then there are three letter writers who are all tracked to play a bunch of different roles, different ages, genders. And so letter writer three is the role that's tracked to do the trans male monologue. Um, and when... And so I didn't book the show, but shortly after it was released, uh, the TCG American Theater list of the 10 most produced plays was released, and Tiny Beautiful Things was in it. And I was like, holy wow, I think that means that it's the first play to hit that list that has a trans-identified character, though it is tracked. And so I'm currently writing um, a research paper. I've been in contact... All eight of the theaters that have produced it are it have either gotten back to me or are in the process of getting back to me, because um, I'm just interested about how folks decided to go about casting that role, um, yeah. and what I found so f- in the data so far that I have, uh, two of the eight theaters 
We're like, from the beginning, if we're doing this play, we're only considering trans and non-binary talent for this specific role. We're only going to cast trans and non-binary talent in this role. Period. Dot com. Done. Done. Um, <laughs> and then, and more more than half of the theaters considered or had trans uh, and or non-binary folks submit. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some theaters who decided to bring on a, con- like, cast a cis person in the role, but, like, brought in a trans person as a consultant or a dramaturg for that <laughs> specific piece. Uh, what is your take on all that? Do you think that if it's tracked like that, right? Because a lot of theater, contemporary theater that we're doing is ensemble-based and you're moving through different roles. Um, What do you think our responsibility as an industry is, if any, in casting that role? Trans and non-binary people should have the first... Like, that's like... I don't know why people think that, oh, it's a trans role or trans uh trans woman role oh cis woman can play that role no um do you cannot pull a scarlett johansson (laughs) we are not (laughs) right we are not going to do that if this person's if this track says trans identified then a trans identified or non-binary gender neutral person should be cast or considered for that role even if it's just Uh, one monologue out of many even if it's just one monologue and i wholeheartedly agree with that um i'm talking to and and it makes a difference now this makes a difference whether i don't know if your listeners uh, know the difference between non-union and equity productions um but um so can i just say that or do they know already Uh, they probably know but it's worth it it's worth it to do a quick Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there is an act. There is an um. The Actors Equity Association is the union for actors. Basically, um, you have to be a part of the EMC program, which stands for Equity Membership Candidate Program. Um. Now you can you can get twenty five weeks of working at an equity, uh, theater, um, and then turn equity, or you can do the full fifty two weeks, which I did. You can do the full fifty two weeks and work at equity theaters. Build your weeks up that way and then turn equity um but there is a difference between um equity productions and non-union productions i'm noticing now that if you have the backing of equity you if you say trans identified you have to do trans identified or there are a lot of us who will email our representative right away and you know, equity theaters don't want that to happen because they might lose their equity, you know, status. Um, non-union productions, they they tend to get away with it because they don't have the backing of equity. The only backing that they have is A, marketing, and B, their audience. Pretty, or, or other cast, or, or, um, or cast members, um, if they so inclined to do so, because there are some cast members who, or some, you know, actors are like, a gig is a gig, a, a job is a job, a paycheck is a paycheck, which I think if you have that mentality, then I don't think you should be in this business <laughs> because you're just looking for money. Um, but yeah, if it's a trans identified, gender neutral, non binary character, then a trans identified, gender neutral, non binary person should be in consideration or have that role. I wholeheartedly think that. So, spoiler alert, I'm totally with you. Yes, yes, for sure. (laughs) Um, Can I, 
offer, I have a couple questions. I have a couple okay. questions that I really want to hear your response on. Um, what do you say to theaters who say, well, we wanted to consider, we wanted to consider someone trans or non-binary for that role, but we have a very small community, um, and we don't have, you know, we don't have anyone who's openly trans in our community, um, and or we don't know how our audiences would react to that. Um, what would you say? Because there well, are and- there are a lot of people who say that, and they don't, they honestly believe that, and they don't find anything problematic with saying that, and they're leading many of our theaters. Oh, that's very problematic. First of all, if you think that way, then don't do the show. A. Like, that's, like, if, if you think that way, if it specifically states this is what this character is, like, the playwright themselves said, like, this is what this character is, then don't do the show because you're doing a disservice to that playwright. That's what I have to say about that. And then B, if you want to go that route, you know what? There are a lot of whether, uh, whether non-union or equity productions, they host auditions like you're supposed to host auditions and give you give everyone a fair shot no discrimination we have that law it is stated in our bylaws no discrimination none whatsoever so if you are actively not trying to you know cast a trans person then don't put a trans identified character in your you know um a trans identified character in any show you know like Literally, I I, I, I I agree. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. Has any theater ever... I'm asking you a question. Has any theater ever done that in where you where you are? or uh, Done what? Said? Um, said that, you know, we wanted... Like, the question that you asked me. I have had people... I have had people in this community say to my face that the theater industry has no moral obligation to cast trans actors ever. Um, I've had someone say that to me. I've also had someone say to me recently that the reason that folks who are trans or non-binary, or in this case they were including folks with disabilities, uh, the reason that they don't get cast is because uh, theaters have a financial obligation to themselves and there may be some alien there may be some audiences alienated by those casting choices wow i so first of all i believe that theater is a representation of our society yeah and what we're going through right now and if it's not doing that if it's not accurately doing that then it's doing a disservice to the arts period point blank that that's what i that's what i feel um now, as far as to that question, maybe because I live in Chicago, so I never can see, I can never like really like sense that because um, there are a lot of non-binary artists who are doing uh, female cisgender roles. Yeah. Um, um, there are trans men who are doing male presenting um, cis man roles. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I can't. I can't fathom that. I can't fathom that. Yeah. I, it's, I really can't. It's an, it's an interesting, it's an, it's an interesting time in our industry in yes. terms of inclusive casting practices. Um, what would you say to 
cis actors who are called in for trans or non-binary roles? How should they, how should they approach that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I, you should not, I think if they um, come in with that and they're, and if they look at it, if they read it, they're like, Oh, this is for a trans identified role, a non-binary gender neutral role. Um, and they go in for it and they're not identified in that anyway, then you shouldn't be in this business. First of all, you, if, if the, the playwright put there for a reason, trans identified, gender neutral, non-binary, because they have the most, they have a connection, a correlation with that experience. A cisgendered person doesn't have a trans experience, a non-binary experience, a gender neutral experience. The only thing that they can be is an ally. And that's it. That's it, you know? I love that. I love that so much. And I think that we're also making the distinction between... We're not saying that all non-binary trans people have to be as out as we are. Like, that's not what's being said. Um, I'm all for... Like, if there are folks who are questioning gender identity or something that is more personal, you know, something they're not willing to share with people, I absolutely think that they should go out for trans roles if they're asked to, like, if they're called in for that. Um, How how do you think, what do you think the best email would be for us to send back to a casting professional if uh, a cis person was called in for a trans role. Like, if there's a fear, because I I, I've i heard feedback from folks, that like... That there's a fear that they won't get cast. Well, not, not that they won't get cast. They, they, they like, don't want to burn the bridge. They don't want to burn the bridge. But I think there's a fine line, right? And I think there's a way that yeah. you can say, oh, um, I'm cisgender, so I, I don't go out for trans roles. But mm-hmm. And I think if you want to, like, ally up, you could be like, but I have some folks that I could but recommend I to folks. you. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. I totally hands down agree with that. Um, and it also helps if you have an agent, even if you don't have an agent, and or especially if you don't have an agent, you have to basically be your own agent. Right, right. <laughs> so you have to say, you know what, I am not trans-identified, um, gender-neutral, or non-binary. I do not know that experience. I don't have that experience. Um, thank you for consideration. Thank you for your consideration for your play. Here are people who have that experience and that you can actually email or they can be in consideration for this role, X, Y, and Z. I think that's a good way of going about doing things. Yeah, because you're you're setting a boundary, you're giving them mm-hmm. respectful feedback, respectful and you're feedback. giving them other options. So I think that yep. that's a really amazing way to go about it. What do you... Just because, like, these are the questions that I come across all the time and I feel like I stumble and don't have good answers for because I'm just like, uh-uh, you're wrong. And like that <laughs> right. doesn't like, it goes back to like a very toddler way of processing things in my brain. Um, when folks get on threads online, <clears throat> when trans people say, trans or non-binary people say things like, which I don't think should be controversial at all, like, if you're cis, please do not submit yourself for a trans role or don't go to that callback. <clears throat> I remember seeing a, a 
a post about that and and the people in this group kind of jumping on that per like what how do you how do you deal with the rhetoric when folks are like well we can't only have like not only mothers play mothers like not only soldiers play soldiers um how do you address that when people use logic like that, which I don't think is helpful at all, but... I probably should not be the person to ask this question because <laughs> I will... I, 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 I'm I, a person who loves to drop knowledge every time they get. Like, literally. Yeah. I, will drop, I will drop some knowledge on you. First of all, um, you know, if you... Okay, if you are not identified as this, do not go in for that role. But that's like, I can see like their backlash because they might say, oh, well, a trans or non-binary person is not female. Mm. Mm. This is where, yeah, it's not female. So they can't go out for a female identifying role. Yeah. Um, I always say, because if, if it's trans identified, then I'm pretty, if the playwright said that, then... Um, you know, the, that's their way of saying this part, trans people, non-binary people, gender neutral folk, they have that experience. That's who should drive this character home. Not a cisgendered person. If they would have said, if they would have gave them an option, they would have gave them an option like a Jan Austen, you know, novel would. <laughs> but if, if it's not stated that, then don't do it. Now, as far as other shows that, that say female identified, male identified, but it has no correlation to the story, none whatsoever. Yeah. And it's just casting directors being blah, 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 which they totally are. <laughs> then, you know, um, I don't think it should matter. As long as it doesn't uh, disrupt the storyline in any way, I don't think it matters. Yeah, for sure. That's what I would say. But if it's a trans identified uh, role, not gender non-binary, uh, gender neutral, then definitely you have to cast that person because the playwright wouldn't put that there for no reason. Like they wanted that there and it drives the story. So yeah. Now again, I'm very much, uh, team everything you're saying, uh, with plays, like I'm seeing more and more plays now where, um, like for men on boats, the idea being like there aren't specific roles that are identified as, you know, quote unquote, the trans role, the non-binary role. But mm -hmm. in the casting description, it says, and it's something very similar to um, the casting note that's in Tiny Beautiful Things. But this language of every effort should be made or yeah. like the intention is that best efforts are made to towards inclusive casting um that includes gender uh mm -hmm. and not and gender expanding it in the way i like it which is not thinking of gender as two things like expanding it beyond the binary um and i see so often i've actually spoken to the playwright of men on boats and she says it happened like she said about half the time like, there are no trans or non-binary folks cast. It's, like, completely cast with cis women. Um, wow. And her point, her reflection was something along the lines of, um, 
I don't think it's as strong of a play when that happens. Um, because it, the context of that show is uh, about an actual historical expedition that a bunch of dudes did. Um, and so it's, you know, she's trying to be intentional and having the bodies of the people who were not telling the story now tell the story as we're seeing it in the 21st century. Um, like, I don't know what to do with that, honestly. Like, what do you do with that when you see that in the description and then for whatever reason, the full extension of that gesture is not expressed through casting. Like, what do you have to say when it's not a specific role, but there is the request there in the casting that right they're looking for from the playwright that they're yeah. encouraging you to make quote unquote best efforts or every effort. I don't like the word effort because I feel like effort gives folks a, a way out. Yeah, it does. It's like a choice. Um, yeah, I don't know what to what to say about that. First of all, if the playwright says every effort, like, do they? Hmm, I'm trying to word this correctly and think about it as I'm like doing my thinking face. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Um, yeah, see the, the, the thinking face. Um, I I don't know how to answer that question. Honestly, I don't know because one part of me is saying, okay, every effort and you're giving people a way out, then don't have that casting, don't have that little note in there. I I, I just kind of feel like that. And I don't know. That's so, that's so, that's such a hard question. But what do you, to frame it maybe in another way, what do you think in an ideal world what would every effort or best efforts look like for a professional theater? What are the for steps that you think they theater is you're encouraging everyone to come to your audition and uh, whatever they may, uh, whatever sex, gender, race, whatever religion coming to your audition and giving it their best shot. Um, that's what I think that you should do as a professional theater and you should, as a, and especially in casting, because you have so many plays and so many musicals or whatever in your season, you want to see as much as possible. So you want to see as much talent as possible so you can cast your shows. That's what I think that they should do. And especially if I was a casting director, that's what I would be like, okay, I want to see all of the talent, especially if I'm, you know, I'm still small or, and I'm trying to expand. I want to see as much as possible so I can make this theater or whomever I'm with grow, you know? Yeah. That's what I think. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, and then, that way, <laughs> and then that way your pool will, will be greater to choose from. Like, you can say, you know what? This person didn't give me what I want, but I have this, you know? Like, I, 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 I and the more and more that I'm thinking about it, that's why it was so easy because when I I was so afraid to come out as a trans woman in this in the Chicago uh, theater community. Yeah. I was so yeah. afraid because I had this career as a non-binary actor who was male, you know, who who was living in this male body. So to casting directors, that's what they saw me as. Yeah. And now I'm like boo. I have boobs. Like <laughs> like I can't be like a a, a male identifying role 
honestly, unless they're transitioning. Um, so, for instance, I'm doing, I was doing this um, children's play at the Black Ensemble Theater. And, my God, like the shirt. So, I put on my costume and I did not feel comfortable in my costume because my boobs were like, showing <laughs> like literally they were like pointy in my shirt and i literally told i i went to them i was like you know what now i know that i need to buy a bra or something to cover these up because you're performing in front of little kids at the you know so you have to i don't know like whatever you're presenting that's what you are because that's what that's how kids that's how kids look at you like if you're dressed in Santa in a Santa costume, you're Santa. <laughs> like literally, that's that's yeah. that's that's what they think. So that's how they think. So, um, yeah, I was not uncomfortable in my costume, so I had to buy a bra, um, and I I've been wearing it ever since I've been doing the show. But yeah, like it was un- it was unbeknownst <laughs> to <laughs> to the uh, to the casting director that I was trans, like. And I've known this person, but they didn't ask me, nor did they ask, okay, what would you be comfortable in? It was just basically like, here, here, this is what you are. And I've been, that's why I'm kind of like looking at this trans, this, my transitioning and that this is a journey for me. I'm not going to allow people to say, this is who you are. Right. You know, uh, no, this transitioning is for me. This journey, this journey that I'm going, uh, going on, that I'm on, is for me. Um, I'm not going to let. I'm not going to listen to other people or try to, um, make, like, dumb myself down to their level. That's the, I think that's the best way I can put it. You know, make myself to be, you know, what they can understand. You know, at their level. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing me, and I've been doing me for the past two years now. So whoop whoop. <laughs> Like, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I think you would, as a casting director, you want to see everyone and you want to have a great pool that you can choose from. So when you do come across say, oh, this says this, I know the perfect person, you know, I have, this person came in and they identify as this, you know, and if you don't know a person identify uh, what they identify as, it is okay in the audition room to ask them. Literally, I can go back. Okay, I had an audition for Kiss Me Kate. And, um, you know, I was, of course, female presenting and had my high uh, six-inch heels on. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, they were like, they looked at my headshot and they're, um, they looked at me after I performed my first song and they were like, are you transitioning? And I'm like, yeah, I'm transitioning. They were like, tell me about that. And we had a full blown out conversation about that. That's what a professional theater does. They want to know who they have in the room. And if you aren't doing that, then I don't know, maybe you shouldn't be in casting people. Maybe you shouldn't be uh, like, you know, being a casting director for a theater company. Like you should be smart enough to say, I need to know who I'm dealing with in this and and who's coming inside this room. May I ask, do you put your, pronouns on your resume i don't um um i have not which i should uh because i've had many actually many casting directors tell me that i need to put my um pronouns on my resume um but also um another casting director told me that i ended up doing was 
your headshot needs to be you and it needs to be how you're presenting inside, you know, and, and, who, really who you are and how you're presenting inside the casting room. So if you're, if you're trans identified, then your headshot has to be trans identified trans identifying, excuse me. It's like, literally I'm telling you, casting directors are not the brightest. They really aren't. So we have to do our best to say, okay, this is who we are. Yeah. You know, and we have to, and, and, and it sucks that, that this is how this industry is, but this is how it's been. And this is how it is. I mean, especially if you're going, if you're in the New York circuit, oh my God, it's even harder. Right. In other, yeah, it's, in other circuits, it's like, oh, yeah, we're thinking about doing it. But literally all these regional theaters, they, they love to follow Broadway. So if Broadway is doing it, like we just had a trans person uh, cast in Wicked and we just had MJ Rodriguez as, you know, okay. um, in Little yeah. Stop. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, okay, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I, I can now, now they're seeing it. Yeah. Now, now they're seeing it. So yeah, you just have to, yeah, I should put my pronouns on there, but, um, I do have as my headshot, like trans identifying gender neutral, non-binary, um, type of headshot. So people, when they look at that, they automatically ask questions like, okay, what are your pronouns? Are you trans? Oh my God, tell me about that. So, you know, it's good. It's also good to have conversations with, you know, people inside the room. I think so too. You are, you are okay with someone point blank having the first question be, are you transitioning? You were comfortable with that? <laughs> you know what? I would rather them say that than identify me as something else that I'm not. Right. Would there have been a different, because I know that there's some folks who are, like, really, um, it's, like, it's triggering or unpleasant when someone yeah. asks it, like, that blatantly. Do well, you think there are other ways of asking that are maybe, maybe that maybe land? Yes. Um, um, I would say, you know, um, I hate when people say prefer the pronouns. What are your pronouns? Yeah. Um, um, what, um, what is your gender identity or... Do you not have one? Yeah. Or just, just ask them, what are your pronouns? I think that's a great conversation starter. I think that opens the door. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't, they didn't know, they didn't say I'm transitioning. They, they asked, uh, what are my pronouns and what identify, what I identify as. So they led so, into it a little bit. Yeah. So that left the door open a little bit and I, I kind of just walked on through. So. And if you're comfortable saying, okay, yes, I am trans, I'm a trans woman, I'm a trans man, or non-binary, gender neutral, whatever, then as long as they open up that door. And if sometimes if they don't open up, the, uh, open up that door, baby, kick it down. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I love that like, so we much. Have to, we have to, like, you know, um, I wouldn't say be aggressive, but we have to be confident in who we are when we're coming into those audition rooms. Now that now that I am equity and I'm going into these auditions and especially uh, trying my luck out in the New York circuit, they're very brutal and they're very one track minded, um, you know. 
So you have to really be confident and be ready for everything that comes your way. Um, and it's, it'll, you know what? I always say that I have the machete, like there's a bunch of weeds and I have the machete and I'm chopping my machete and I'm paid. I'm going through all the shit. So everyone, you know, who is, you know, the next generation, the next generation after that, I've paved that way. So they can just safely yeah. walk, you know, walk on it. Um, so we, it's sad to say, but we have to go through all of that shit um, for other people. There are many of us who choose to go through that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Woof. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's, it's, how do you, how do you take care of yourself? Cause like, that's one of the hardest things for me is like the never ending emotional and intellectual labor and like, yeah. so for me, um, well, my journey really started out. I, I always knew that I wasn't male identified and I always knew I wasn't female identified, uh, buying, um, I, told this line and I, I have I've always done that um, but really once I started really meditating and uh, focusing on my ancestral roots I have um, so they believe that two, I always thought I was two-spirited so two-spirited person is very high in you know in the elderly ranks and they're very wise. They're known to be very wise um, people. And yeah, like once. So I'll just say this. Um, so I was meditating in Cor- in Creed, Colorado, actually. Um, um, and I was in my room and I was meditating and um, I was meditating for a long time. I think I took like 45 minutes to an hour. It was it was a long meditation. And I will say the longest I've ever meditated was like two hours. It was, it's crazy. That's incredible. Yeah, I know. It's just like, you know, it's crazy. It just, you know, shutting down everything that's around me and just, and just focusing on and trying to align myself and trying to really tap in, um, to this greater power that I believe in. So, um, I kid you not, I was meditating 45 minutes to an hour in my room and, I was in this in this state of um, it almost sort of like my myself lifted it from his body. I was like watching myself from above, and um, I kid you not. I believe it was an ancestor. I don't know who they are. <laughs> But yeah. they were not female identified or trans or uh, trans identified or male identified in any way. It was just my ancestor kind of like and gently stroking my face and and holding me and letting me know that this journey that I'm about to embark on it's 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 not by accident. This is who you were supposed to be, um, and this is who you are, and. Tears started flowing down my eyes because I'm like, oh my god! Like the answer that I I don't know if it was like a, a definitive answer, but it was like the uh, uh, an answer of like calm, uh, of peace that you know because I was I 
struggling with myself while I was in Creed. Uh, should I, you know, tr- start transitioning? Because at that time, you know, the shows I was doing, I was yeah. doing Peter and Starcatcher and Little Shop of Horrors. So, and Peter and Starcatcher, I know I took off my shirt and, you know, I'm like, as this uh, pirate. But I was like, and I was afraid of like, you know, because once you start taking hormones, well, estrogen really, um, the first two months, like your the your boobs are the first thing to like grow. The tissue is the first is the first to grow, and everything else comes after that. So I was afraid that while I was still in contract, that that was going to happen. And although the casting uh, the costume people was like, if you're okay with like if you need to like wear a shirt during that scene and you don't feel like taking off your shirt, we can totally put that in there. And I was like, oh, thank you for that, but. I've already, you know, you know, paved the way since the beginning. Like, this is what I want to do. And some people just, you know, some people come for that because they're like, you look so hilarious, you know, when you do that, you know, pose and you take off your shirt and do the whole crazy fight thing. So I was scared because my, in my actor mind, I'm like, this is what the people want. You have to get them what the people want. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. I literally forgot the question, but I'm just rambling. <laughs> I I've forgotten the question too. That's it's um, it's all it's how do you oh yeah how do you take care of yourself like yeah um, I definitely meditate um, definitely um, my I, I'm a holistic person like mind body and soul um, I've always been a type of person that I don't let things get to me like you'll never really see me angry if you've ever encountered me angry, then you've really done something bad because I'm, I'm not an angry person at all. Yeah. Um, now, I talk to you sternly, but that doesn't mean I'm angry at you. It just means right. that that's the Aquarius in me and be like, okay, come on, logical thinking, logical thinking here. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I'm not an angry person. I don't yell. I'm just, you know, and I can, yeah, I definitely can say, like, everything is, like, Due to me meditating and just, you know, laughing, I, I laugh more and because I laugh more and enjoy and enjoy life a little bit more. You know, I even had an incident that happened to me on the plane, on the um, the train platform, CTA train platform here in Chicago. And it really shook me up. But um even at that experience, even at, even when I had that, I said, okay, you know what? If I would have did this, then it would have been a totally different outcome if I would have done that. Um, just walk away. If I don't have control over a situation, I literally walk away. I have control of myself. So myself is going to walk away and not, you know, I'm walking away and not dealing with and not trying to get in any confrontation because, you know, it's Thanksgiving. I didn't want to go to jail. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's literally what was going through my head or, you know, I didn't want this to be, you know, turn into a fight where this everything, you know, I'm left a bloody mess, you know, yeah. and, you know, I'm really, really hurt. And, you know, and then my mama really be like, OK, you are coming back home like ASAP I'm not having you live in Chicago um so yeah I'm just a very holistic person and eat right you have to eat right 
<laughs> literally telling people you have to eat right and you just just laugh a little bit more and enjoy life you know and even if you okay it's like okay i have a lot of stuff going on um you know a lot of people say to me i have a lot of stuff going on and i'm like what does that entail because i have a lot of stuff going on too but you're here you're breathing you're living um it may not be your life or whatever's going on in your life may not be, oh, I don't want this. I can change. I wish I can change this. I wish I can change this. But A, it's your life and you're living. You know, some people, um, I'm not, I don't proclaim, I don't, you know, uh, proclaim Christianity, Christianity in any way. But, you know, if you are waking up every day and you are taking breaths every day. There are some people who are struggling to take a breath. Some people who are literally living on, you know, um, with a machine, like that's how they breathe. That's how they live. You don't have that, you know, you're, you're able-bodied. So don't take that for granted and just breathe, honey. Cause trust me, we go through a lot of stuff, but I am breathing and I'm just trying to get through the day. And I'm just, even if I have to take deep, like even if I'm in a, a situation and I have to like stop myself and take deep breaths before I answer, you know, do that. So that's, that's my advice. And that's what I do. <laughs> I'm just like in awe. And I'm like going to hire you to be my life coach when I have all the money in the world. Um, uh, you're hypothetically hired. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, this is just such an amazing conversation. Um, I guess I just, with your permission, I'd love to go uh, back in time a little bit and just yeah. like, what was the moment that you decided that performing was the thing? The thing. The thing. Um, so I was in high school, mm-hmm. actually, and... Um, um, you know, growing up in a black family, especially with your mom as, you know, um, heavily involved in the church and your grandmother, um, I, you know, our family was like, you're going to church every Sunday. This is exactly what you're doing. I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about, uh, about it. As long as you live under my rules and my house, like literally that's, that's who my parents are. But, um, uh, yeah, so I was walking down the hallway, and it was after school, and I was already in marching band. Um, so I already had, you know, I was already musically inclined, playing an instrument, and I was, you know, singing just comes naturally to me. So um, I was doing that. I was singing down the hallway, and the the choir director stopped me and was like, you should try for a show choir. And I was like, show choir? What is that? Like, it's a choir, but it's a show. And he was like, yeah, like, that's literally what it is. And I was like, okay. So I tried out for show choir, and I absolutely loved it. So I was doing show choir, and I was doing marching band. And then we had the, um, we got to audition for musicals. And my first ever, first ever musical on stage was, I believe, was uh, Footloose. Nice. And I was in the ensemble for Footloose, and... Literally, once I got on stage and once I received my applause, you know, being in the ensemble, I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, I can't see myself doing anything else. This is the only thing that makes me happy. And um, this is where I feel free. 
you know, so. Just feeling that, that the did you feel time. like the waves of, that feeling when you like feel just like the waves of love from the audience? Yes, coming yes, at yes. You? The waves of love and like, you know, you know, my mom like, that's my baby, you know, in the audience, like, you know, like, I, I, I just, I just love that. I just love that feeling, you know. And the nervous feeling. I love the nervous feeling before you go on stage, too. Like, and be, or before you do an audition or a callback or whatever. Um, I always say, if you're not getting... You don't have to get, like, super nervous where you're, like, tripping over your lines. But, like, I believe every actor still gets nervous. Every... It doesn't matter what stage they are in their actor's life. Like, they still, like, have a little nervous feeling. They're like, oh, okay, I'm doing this, you know? So, and I love, I love that feeling. I really do. Mm. Well said. What what are some what would you consider some of your career highlights if like if James Lipton were sitting down with you? What would he hone in on? Like actor roles that uh, Actor that roles, I yeah, and just like acknowledging that it's a weird thing too to like go back through and be like, cool, like, I wasn't living my truth at that time, but I was still performing. I will say, um, in the past few years, I've done shows that I really, really, like, have stuck with me because they allowed me, they allowed my creative juices to actually really flow. Yeah. Um, and they allowed me to express myself in a way that I thought that I would never, um, be able to express my, uh, express that part of me on stage. So, um, for all of you listeners out there, <laughs> I am heavily into makeup. Like, I love, 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 love makeup. Um, Your face for Little Shop was breathtaking. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank so you. Good. Like, you know, so I, I was heavily into makeup. So I did this production uh, uh, with Hel- Helena Handbag Productions. Um, we did Rudolph the Red Hope. Who's the reindeer? It was really, really funny. And um, red hose, red hosed, yes, <laughs> red hose the reindeer. It was a spoof on the the reindeer story that yeah. comes on, uh, like you know, TV all the time. But yeah, so I, <laughs> um, we got the I got the chance to be one of the elves, and they were like, this elf is very feisty. Like they speak their mind. Uh, she's a diva. She's very fabulous, and I'm like, we okay, just like you're just like no problem, <laughs> no problem. And literally in the room, in the, in the room, I'm like, yes, no problem, got this. And so, I got the opportunity to wear makeup on stage, and not just like your regular stage makeup, like your face and your little contour and your little eyebrows or whatever filling in, but like it was dramatic makeup. Like I was wearing eyeliner, and I was wearing um. I did a little winged liner on myself and putting eyeshadow on. I was like, oh, my God, I love this. Looking back at those pictures now, baby, what was I doing? (laughs) (laughs) But I loved it so much, and I thought, I was like, oh, my gosh, I really like makeup. So I I started watching a lot of um, YouTube um, videos on how to do makeup and looking at a lot of uh, beauty gurus. I only look at beauty uh, gurus um, on, on YouTube. And, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do these techniques and like little by little just kept getting better. I mean, I did, um, uh, Pippin at the Mercury theater and I was in the ensemble again, but we got a chance to 
really put makeup on our face and really be a part of this world. And that makeup was fierce too. Um, it, it was almost the same as uh, my face for Ronette and Little Shop of Horrors. Um, Midsummer Night's Dream, I got to do the same thing as one of the fairies. And I got to really, you know, do it up with the eye makeup in my base and just looking flawless on stage. And of course, Little Shop. Love, love, love what I did, and 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 kind of, and and playing that role, like you know, and yes, it's just one of the three girls, the three, um, you know, three girls, the doo-wop girls, but I had fun. I had so much fun playing that role. You looked like you were having so much fun. Yeah, yeah I was. I was literally the first day. Our director was like, you know, I'm a, I'm going to give you free reign to to do this. Of course, I'm going to if it's too much or if it's not enough, I'm going to say okay. Yeah. You know, um but she literally gave us free reign to do what we wanted. Um and it was more of a collaboratory uh collaborative um effort. And I really like that cuz most most things that I've done is not really like that. the director was like, "Okay, this is what you do." This or the director was like, "I don't know what to do." So <laughs> so um yeah, it was a collaborative effort, and she was like, if you want to be bitchy here, you can be bitchy here. I mean, literally, and I made this background thing in my head. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, um, Audrey, yes, you love Seymour, but I love him too. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Seymour is your man. <laughs> You're right. He's my man. So, you know, I had that story going in my head. And, yeah, I had so much fun on that stage. And kudos for CRT for, like, allowing me to grace that stage and just be me. I mean, literally, the whole um, town got behind me. And it also helped that I also work next door to Arp, at ARPS. But, um, you know the whole town just like got behind me. They were like, uh, we love this. <laughs> That's amazing. And we, love, and we love you. So yeah, that was really, really fun. So I would say those are my, like my highlight moments of, I had an aha moment, uh, an aha moment, an epiphany of like, okay, I'm getting all of these androgynous, slightly female roles. Why not? I guess that was also my reason for, okay, I think it is also time for me to transition as well. And it was just an easy transition, for lack of a better word, like for me. Yeah, the universe was showing you the way a little bit. Yeah. That's how I feel about some roles that I've had as well. Um, what's on, Do you have roles that are on your bucket list, or are you an actor who oh, doesn't do a bucket absolutely list? Absolutely, yes. Um, I want to play Ursula. <gasps> Oh my god. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to play Ursula. I want to be the witch in Into the Woods. Yes. Yes. Um, I do want to play a fairy godmother one day. Yeah. And I hands down, I would love to play, I would love to, uh, to do Little Shop, but be Audrey. I yeah. would love to, I would love to do that. And I want to be Dolores Van Cartier in Sister Act. I, I mean... I don't see why not. My, I yes. have the range for it, so I don't see why not. I love it. And that's what I, I love doing that with my, with any actors who come on. Because I'm like, then you have said it. It is, we are now, we're going to broadcast it yes. on the internet. <laughs> and I, I got called in. 
I've memorized, I've had the mem- the dentist song memorized from Little Shop of Horrors for 24 years. For 24, I do not know what that says about me as a 10 year old, but, um, and I got, I, I got asked to do a video submission for Oren last year oh, in Colorado. Oh I, I didn't get it, but, um, yeah, whenever you do your Audrey, I'm, like, available to be your Seymour or your dentist. Just, yes. you know, call me up, okay? I would love <laughs> to, I would love, I want to direct Little Shop of Horrors, and I would change everything up. <laughs> I would change everything up. Um, and instead of having this plant, I would love to have one of my drag queen friends. Yes. Just put on their quiche and go to town as that role. I think that would be lovely. And that would be great uh, for the audience to see, so that give another perspective of the show. Yeah. It's cult classic, I guess I should say. Yes. Um, so we we're like wrapping up here a little yeah. bit. Although obviously <laughs> we could talk for hours and hours. stay tuned, folks. We have we have we have uh, idea an idea on the table for us to do a recurring feature. Uh, once every four to six weeks or so, maybe more often if people are hungry for it, darling. I, um, I, think that, I, think, I think so. We should do it. Yes. We're, obviously, we have amazing banter, so why wouldn't we? <laughs> yes. uh, but this is the question, and maybe it's a little selfish and it's fine that it is. Um, but So I have a huge callback that I'm going in for on yeah. Sunday for the Colorado Shakespeare Festival. And... Welcome. I'm called back for Puck in Midsummer, and yes. it's the concept is '80s glam rock, and so I'm like, I live like I want to be a part of that world. Um, Little Mermaid reference, uh, and the other role is the fool in All's Well That Ends Well, and they're sort of going for um, kind of a Lenny Bruce vibe with that with that character, um, and I feel prepared. But I also get so nervous for these big auditions because I feel yeah. like if I don't do well, I am forever fucking it up for any trans or non-binary person who comes after me. And so I put so much pressure on myself that I feel sometimes I'm not as present as I want to be in the mm-hmm. audition. So will you take us out with... a? And it could be pointed at me, but I hope that every trans or non-binary actor who has a big-ass audition coming up um, can feel the vibes that you give. But, like, what would be your, like, you're about to go into the audition room, Woodzik, speech that you would you would give me? <laughs> um, first of all, uh, well, let me ask. I'm, I'm going to go in, uh, into the question. I'm going yes. to answer it, but... Is this a callback or just like this the initial audition? Callback. Okay, great. Yeah. So based off of the initial audition, yeah. They saw what you can do. They know you, and now they give you both these. They gave you these sides. Okay. So you have free reign, free reign to do whatever you want to do with uh, do with it. And I say, like, literally, look at it for Puck, because I've done Midsummer. I will say. Yes, Eddie, 80s glam rock, but be fucking crazy. Like, literally. Like, he is, he is, that, that character is nuts. Like, they are nuts. And, um, yeah, 
just be all out crazy with that with that with that um with that character because the director can say okay you gave me that and then they can give you direction afterwards um to do it again um yeah so just be yourself and and just whatever you feel like this is like this is a great actor's choice for you like do it like i feel in my bones everything that i do because i'm a pompous selfish actor <laughs> like you know like everything i do is perfect no um but you whatever you do is what you do um and don't feel that you know because you know if you fuck this up you fuck this up for like every trans and non-binary person that is totally not true um just show them you because you are one unique individual and that's all that they, and that's all that you can give them <laughs> that, that was, was like so amazing lot. that was amazing that was, lot, but, uh, you know. that was amazing yeah. i i love so you're doing you said you're doing a children's show right now you're doing yeah we just we just closed the children's show um so i don't have anything else coming up but probably until next year so i'm just like you know sitting back on the couch going to like my little nine to fiver every day and just you know yeah paying my dues <laughs> where can if folks want to find out more information about you and your fantastic career where how can they find you on social media or a website yes like um so i have a website it's mjrawls.net that's mjrawls.net um or you can uh, visit me on my Facebook page. It's MJ Rawls Jr. on there. I'm trying to take away the junior, but just MJ Rawls, and I'm the only MJ Rawls. Um, Instagram at Aquarius underscore zero one two five. Writing it all down. Yes. Um, amazing. Uh, I just like actors to take us out on like. A favorite line of theirs do you have like a line or uh, a lyric that comes to mind in terms of a button that you want to put on this delightful conversation oh um, <gasps> you got it yeah so well I have two can I do two yes of course okay great so my first one is the one that I created and I made up and I've used this for years the world is your stage and that's on my um that's on my um uh, website as well. I don't know if anybody else has ever said that, but the world is your stage. Um, and last but not least, from my favorite musical, Pippin, is we've got magic to do. So literally, every day is a magical day, and it's your choice what you want to do with it. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> MJ, thank you so much for chatting with me. And hopefully this is only one of uh, many conversations that our viewers, viewers, listeners. Yes, listeners. Beautiful, beautiful earlobes of people uh, will get to enjoy. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. This has always been like, it's, it's, this is a dream come true. Uh, because I've always wanted to do this. And now that I'm doing it, I'm eternally grateful. So thank you. <laughs>